Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals. This morning, our guest is Elizabeth Sanders Park, an expert on dealing with job search challenges and the author of one of my favorite books, No One is Unemployable. I've had the privilege of taking one of her workshops, and it totally changed my perspective on how to help clients during a job search. If you're struggling to find a job and are looking for strategies to turn your search from frustrating to successful, or you work with people who are feeling discouraged about their job search and looking for new ways to help, you are listening to the right podcast. Elizabeth, welcome to Career Central. Thank you, Lorraine. It's such a pleasure to be here. So why don't you share with our audience a little bit about your own personal career path? I would love to. In fact, I'd like to start with the job I'm in right now and move backwards. Perfect. And that's the technique that I would recommend to those of you who are thinking about getting a job or a better job, maybe changing your career, to talk to people who do work that may be interesting and hear their story backwards. So these days, what I do is I run a company called WorkNet Solutions, and it's a B2B. So my customers are actually organizations that are helping lots of job seekers who are coming from all walks of life. And we consult and train and teach and create products for them. I'm the author, um, as Lorraine said, of the book, No One is Unemployable, co-author. And then I'm co-author also of the book that I would recommend for job seekers, which is The Six Reasons You'll Get the Job. And before I did this work, I was on the front lines. I was working one-on-one -on -one with job seekers at all levels. Some were making mid-level and upper-level career transitions. I still do some coaching on the side, but it was my full-time gig back then. And I worked with an organization that actually helped people coming out of very difficult uh, career transitions. So we also worked with people coming out of prison people who had been homeless, people who had experienced drug and alcohol addiction and recovery, uh, people who were struggling with mental health issues. I mean, welcome to life. These are things that we, many of us run into throughout the course of our life. And our specialty was helping people who have a little extra explaining to do, not just get a job and keep a job, but really begin and succeed in careers. And when I got that job, I actually ended up doing a job I didn't know anybody did working with groups of people that I hadn't had a lot of contact with for an organization I had never heard of. And I think the story there, the lesson there is many of us end up doing jobs that we don't know about until we start looking around. So keep your sights wide, listen, watch, be curious, and you may run into work. For me, it's changed my life. You may run into work that is just the thing for you, and you didn't even know that anybody did it. Prior to that, I was in university and I was a peer counselor and I worked in the learning center and I edited papers from the international students and I was a Spanish tutor. I was studying languages and cultures. I thought I'd be a missionary. I thought I'd be a translator and I loved working with our international students. Uh, prior to that, I did a lot of jobs that we do to put ourselves through college. I was a waitress more than one time. It actually took me a long time to make more money in the real world of work than I made as a waitress. I loved food, people, and cash. I mean, it was just a great fit <laughs> for me. And then in my younger life, I've been an accounting clerk. I had no training for that, but uh, 
the organization taught me and I wasn't doing high level work. It was a summer job. I worked for a temp agency, which I love because I got to work for probably 30 or 40 different organizations over the course of a summer and learn lots about different jobs and different company cultures and what I wanted and what I didn't want. I, I did clerical work for them. I worked for Disneyland as a food service worker because I grew up in Southern California and they paid better than minimum wage. And again, it was food and people and fun, the greatest place on earth. And my very first job ever was as an ice cream scooper at Baskin Robbins 31 Flavors. And honestly, I'm so thankful for that job. I was 14, 15, as early as I could work, I worked. And minimum wage was $3.35 an hour, but it was led by strong managers. And some of the best lessons I've learned, the things that built my work ethic, I learned on that job. Um, I heard my manager or the owner of the shop say, we pay you for every minute that you work and we expect you to work for every minute that we pay you. Time to lean, time to clean. So some of my best lessons were from that very first experience. Thank you for sharing. And even though you and I have known each other for years, we both started our, our career scooping ice cream. So, <laughs> which for those that are listening, um, hopefully you, you saw that a career path can take lots of different directions. And so it doesn't have to be a straight path. You don't wake up when you're 18 and go, oh, this, this is my future. In fact, what I loved is Elizabeth um, shared that she worked in a job for an organization that she didn't even know about. So when you're 18, if somebody said, gee, are you going to grow up and work with people that are challenged? I loved your um, statement about people who have a little more explaining to do. I really like that um, approach. So let's talk about some of those people that have a little bit more explaining to do. Can you talk about a little bit more in depth about the, the barriers that they have to um, overcome? and how, how you help yeah. that happen. You know, to know me is to know that I'm a very hopeful person. I am positive, not to the point of Pollyanna, I'm a realist, but I am sort of relentlessly hopeful and positive. And I remember talking with a colleague years ago, a guru in the field of career development, Richard Nodell, and we were sort of comparing notes and talking about the great work that we got to do together and how we were helping people. And I remember him saying, Elizabeth, you talk so much about barriers. I've never once asked one of my clients, what are their barriers? And there is the idea of if we just focus on our strengths and grow those and the other things fall away. I'm not focusing on barriers to be negative, but what I said to Richard Nodell and what I would say to you is to not look at the things that get us screened out is a mistake. It's too big a blind spot in the job search. So I use the phrase people making tough transitions, people with barriers. As Lorraine said, people with a little extra explaining to do. But the reality is we all have barriers. There are, there are reasons that we could get screened out if we don't address them. And it may be that you're overqualified or overeducated or overexpensive. It may be that you're changing industries and that can cause a red flag. It may be that you've had some contact with the criminal justice system. We all have barriers to employment. The trick is to learn to overcome them. And then once we overcome them and we get that next job that we want, we may then need to look at what are my barriers to keeping the job? to performing well in the job, to getting the raise or the advance that I want, and maybe the way I communicate and the way I dress is perfect for the job that I just got. But when I get it and I start setting my sights on what's next, I may need to up my communication skills and expand my wardrobe and you know, meet some more people and build my network. So I wanna encourage all of us to think about 
what could be used to screen you out? What might you be remembered for instead of your talent? And how can you address those things? Do you have a strategy for people to maybe do just a really self-analysis, self-check-in on what barriers, you know, in other words, you're going through a job search, it's not working well. Any, any tips on how to do that self-evaluation, which is mm -hmm. always really hard? I'll give you a mindset that may be helpful and then a strategy. So mindset-wise, so we all just went through Thanksgiving. If you're lucky, if you're wise, we've been away from our emails for a couple of days, got some downtime. But you know, this Monday morning, we'll all go and open up that email box and you might have 41 new emails. It was Black Friday last week. You might have 441 new emails. And here's the thing, you do not open the first one and say, let me deeply read into this email and see what they're selling and see if I want it and then go to the next one. The first thing we do is we read the subject line. Who is it from and what are they hawking? And we start to click, 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 delete. The first question is, which ones can we get rid of? Which ones are not worth our time? And we get rid of them. And then we go back and we change our criteria. Click, click, click. Oh, we missed one. Who's that? I'm not really interested. I'll read that one later. Click, 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 click. Delete. And we might go from 141 down to 21. And those are the ones that really matter. That is very much what, what hiring employers are doing when they hire. And it's not that we are insignificant. It's not that we are not amazing human beings with lots of talent and passion. It's that they've got, especially in a market like we have right now, they've got, there's more talent available in the market than there are opportunities. So the first question employers are asking is, who can we get rid of? And so even if you'd be great for the job, they're not gonna see that because they're not gonna ask the question who would be amazing until they create a shorter list. So the first question you have to be sure you're answering is, why should you keep me in the maybe pile? So at first there's a no pile and a maybe pile, and then a bigger no pile and a smaller maybe pile. And you gotta stay in the maybe pile long enough so that when they ask the question, why would you be great, who would be the best, you're still there and they can really dive into what you offer. So you might think about it in that sort of picture. And then the, the um, practical strategy I would use is um, a superhero that we've created and I'll introduce you to him. Um, I'll even do the little song and dance. Padman! P-A-D-M-A-N. The six reasons you'll get the job are also the six reasons you won't get the job. So my recommendation to do a quick evaluation, a self-evaluation like Lorraine asked, is to look at these six elements. And later you can look at why would, be a, why would I be amazing for the job and how can I prove that? But you, at this point, you can also say, what could get me screened out in these six areas? Even if it's not accurate or nice, even if it's not legal, if it could distract employers from remembering me for my talent, let's notice it. The six reasons you'll get the job is Padman, your presentation, your ability, dependability, motivation, attitude, and network. Even if you just take a sheet of paper and block off six quadrants or six, uh, six blocks and write each of those words, presentation, ability, dependability, motivation, attitude, and network, and then step into the shoes of the employer. If you were in a hurry to hire someone, and let's say you're paying $50,000, that person's gonna cost you probably closer to $150,000. 
at least $100,000. So how might you get screened out for each of these things? Because there's a concern that's not being addressed or the employer's not convinced you're gonna make them more money than you cost them. Doesn't matter how great you are, if you don't show up, you're not dependable. Doesn't matter how amazing you are, if your attitude stinks and nobody wants to work with you. So look at those six areas, think like an employer and be as picky as they would be when they're hiring quickly. Yeah, we love to use that phrase, think like an employer, because Mm -hmm. it's very hard when you're thinking, well, gee, I'm great for the job, but if you can put on your employer hat, think like the employer, and then you can start to do that self-evaluation. So that, thank you so much. And I love that. Do you want to do the song now or do you, should we save it? That was it. Okay. Okay. If we've ever gone to one of Elizabeth's workshops, that's one of the highlights of when, when you really get it, when you figure it out, you're a pad man. All right. So, um, we've talked a little bit about, um, external barriers, but, um, what about things like lack of confidence and stuff like that? How, how do you help people start to feel good about what they're yeah. doing? You know, in our experience, my co-author and I, as we wrote, no one is unemployable. And in the years ensuing, one of our realizations has been that the fear factor is a very common barrier. We often call it the biggest barrier, either because it's so common or because it can unravel so much good progress. And the job search is a perfect time for our fear factor to kind of come out to play because we're really putting ourselves on the line. So I would watch for fear factor, watch for your own fear factor. And if you find that you're doing things just to sort of protect yourself, it makes perfect sense. Um, Don't get too frustrated about it. You are not alone in that, but it really helps to demystify it. So I would find some people you can talk to, or whether you're journaling that out, um, to really take a look at um, what's my fear here? What's the worst that could happen? So what if I don't get the interview? What if I do get the interview? What if I don't get hired? What if I do get hired? Kind of what if your way to the thing that you're maybe secretly trying to avoid, if you believe no one's hiring right now, or no one's going to hire me, or once they find out this, they're never gonna then we become a self-fulfilling prophecy. That fear factor can rise and sort of make sure no one ever rejects us because we don't give them the opportunity to. So watch for your fear factor. The other thing I would look for is, is as Lorraine mentioned, is confidence. Again, this is the perfect opportunity to, to shake your confidence a bit because the first question is, what's wrong with you? Who can we get rid of? And they're looking for reasons to cut their losses right now. One of the techniques I use, if you're feeling less than confident right now, I get it. There's a couple things you can do. One is to look backwards into your past to a time in your work or your career where you had more confidence and think about doing a job where you, you were just good at it and you knew you were good at it. And maybe it's not a job you would want to go back to again, but just remember what it felt like to feel that confidence and reflect back, watch yourself in your mind. How do you walk? How do you talk? When somebody says, tell me about yourself. What's the energy and the presence and the eye contact with which you respond to that question? Another option, if you can't necessarily go back into your career and feel that, or you can't remember it well enough, go lateral. Think of your life today. And many of us are doing things that we had wanted to do for a long time and now we're quarantined. So we're gardening and we're, you know, friends who are making beer and they're crafting and they're, they're doing different family activities. So the other thing you can do is look for confidence laterally in your life. Where in your life 
do you just know that you're good? You're fine because you can cook, you can sing. Maybe you could raise some babies. Maybe you can garden or grow a tomato. Think about where you have a confidence that's not arrogance, but a calm, comfortable confidence. And start to watch yourself in that space. How do you move? How do you talk? How do you think? When you make a mistake, what do you tell yourself? And see if you can't almost act as if. So when you get on a video interview or you're at a virtual job fair and you're interacting with new people and you're feeling a little less confident, can you use the nonverbals and the voice tone as if you were in your garden, as if you were teaching somebody that thing that you know so well and act as if, and once you start behaving in a way that feels more comfortable and confident, sometimes very often, actually, we start to feel more comfortable and content and confident. So you've got that confidence somewhere. Don't try to manufacture it. Find it somewhere in your life and bring it to bear in these interactions. You know how to do this. You can do it. Absolutely. Great advice. Um, understanding that, that there's fear, but going, you know, I'm capable, I'm competent in another field. I can transfer that um, into the job, into my career. We are going to take a very short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to tap into more of Elizabeth's experience and knowledge so that you can learn some of the wonderful skills that she teaches her folks in her workshops and in her one-to-one coaching. So we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book. Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, 
back to Career Central. Welcome back to Career Central and our conversation with Elizabeth Sanders Park, who um, has been sharing strategies and approaches for dealing with, and I love, this is my new expression, for situations that require a little bit more explanation um, rather than seeing, but she has been talking about barriers, uh, the way to do a self-assessment so that you know um, what you need to present to an employer so that you are that top pick. Now I want to ask her to share some success stories because I always think that when we hear about people who have actually done this work, have actually succeeded, it can be very inspirational. So Elizabeth, want to share some of your success stories with us? Yeah, at this point, I consult all over the country, and in doing that, I'm training staff, but I often get to work with individual job seekers. So in addition to working in my private practice, I get to work with individuals all over the country. I got to work with a woman in Houston named Pam, and I had been on site at one point and met her, and she was very well qualified for the job she was going for. She was going for work in bookkeeping and accounting. This is work she had done before, but she'd been out of work for a couple of years for some specific reasons, which I'll share in a minute. And when I met her, I thought, oh, you know, she's such a strong candidate and such a mature, helpful woman. I thought, you know, next time I come to town, she she, uh, will be working. And I came back a couple months ago and the coaches there said, you know, Pam's not working yet. And she's been interviewing like crazy and she's doing everything she's supposed to be doing. And she's not getting chosen. She's getting the first interview, maybe a second, but not even that. She's not getting, getting the offer. Would you have lunch with her and figure out what's going on? And I said, sure. And so we sat down at lunch. And I put on my employer cap because the question is, what's getting you screened out? We know you can do this job. You've done it before. You have good skills. You have good experience. You know the technology, the current technology. That's not the problem. What's going wrong? And I don't know this woman all that well, but she lives in her head 24-7 and she's smart. And so I said to her, I understand you're not, you're not getting chosen yet. You're not working yet. When you put on your employer hat, What do you see? Like, what do you think they're using to screen you out? And I would have you do the same thing. Look at where your job search is breaking down. Put on your employer hats. You know, what's not working? And how can we, you know, really target solving that problem? And she said, well, I'm older. And that could be a distraction. I'm heavy. You know, I'm not a skinny mini woman. And that could be a distraction. And she said, I also haven't been working for five and a half years at this point. I said, okay, let's start with that. And we just began to knock out each one of those. I said, you're older. What's the negative assumption about older workers? And I didn't have to tell her. She said, well, maybe I'm slow to learn. Maybe I don't want to learn. Maybe I'm not current with the technology. Maybe I don't really want to work. I'd rather be retired or I'm not going to stay very long. Or maybe I want more money than they're willing to pay me. So she listed out a couple, a good little handful of things. And then we picked up each one of those and said, so how do we mitigate this? First of all, is it true? Do you want to retire? No, I enjoy working. I'll probably work for another 10 years. Okay. Um, Are you slow to learn? Well, no, I love learning and I'm I'm current on the technology. So we took a look at, are these negative assumptions about you true? Now, if they have been, we're not going to try and convince the employer it's not true. But for the most part, we are not the negative assumptions made about people like us. So she got to become the exception to the rule. Now, we decided to craft a good answer to address the age situation. And in fact, the, um, the weight situation as well. 
And I said, so tell me, what's the, what's the negative assumption about people who are on the heavy side? Well, maybe I don't have energy. Maybe I don't take good care of myself. Maybe I'll be expensive on the healthcare policy. And then we said, are these things true about you? And she said, the funny thing is I've lost like 40 pounds in the last six months. And I said, what? Tell me about this. How have you done it? You know, what's the inspiration? And she told me the story. And I said, have you ever shared that with an employer? And of course, she said, no, an employer's never said, gee, we like you, but you're much chubbier than you sounded on the phone. And I'm really a little bit concerned. No one's ever going to ask that. And she had never said, I might be chubbier than some of the other people you're considering. And she decided that if they didn't ask, when they said something like, is there anything else you want us to know about you? Or what questions do you have for us? That she would literally bring it up and say, you know, I may be heavier than some of the, this is not a legal question to ask. It's not an appropriate thing to use to screen somebody out, and yet it can have an impact. So she was able to say, I may be older than some of the other candidates that you're considering. Here's why I love learning. Here's my, my relationship with technology. Here's um, what it, where I see myself in five years. I'd love to be on your team for at least the next five to seven years. Eventually, like everybody, I'd like to retire, but it's not on my radar right now. That she could say, I may be heavier than some of the other candidates that you're considering. And maybe it's a non-issue for you, but I don't want to lose out on the opportunity because of it. So I just wanted to share that I'm actually taking better care of myself than I have in years. I started walking, and in the last six months, I've actually let go of more than 40 pounds. I live near enough that I'll be walking to and from work. And frankly, if we want to start a walking group or something here at the, at the company to make sure everyone's getting those steps in, I'd be happy to be a part of that. And so we were able to craft good answers should somebody ask. And an employer will ask, why haven't you been working? Gosh, I see you have a felony conviction. Can you tell me about that? You know, you seem new to, to the town. Do you plan on staying here? There's lots of things they will ask about, but there are some things they won't ask about. So in her case, the things that were keeping her back were conversations she'd never been able to have. So she decided to initiate those conversations. Next time I came to town, not only was she working, she'd gotten a couple of offers. She was working and she was helping to, she was coming back as a volunteer to help others in the program. So remember, you don't just get hired because you can do the job. You've got to avoid getting screened out because of these wacky distractions that shouldn't count, but sometimes do. I love that story, especially um, you, you touched on something that a lot of folks that are preparing for interviews um, don't think about is it's okay to provide information and the importance of anticipating what the interviewer may be thinking about, what negative thing that they're using to screen. And you touched on it, questions they're not allowed to ask. And so if you, as the um, interviewee, just bring it up, you know, and, and do you recommend you bring it up fairly early in the interview so that the interviewer is just not sitting there thinking about it? What's your strategy on that? Yeah, I think it depends. It's always, if you haven't had a chance to bring it up, when they say, what other questions do you have for us or what would you like us to know, then you don't have to leave without sharing some of those things. Um, if it feels comfortable, here's another place where your comfort level is incredibly important in the interview. The more comfortable you are having this conversation, the more comfortable you can allow the interviewer to be having this conversation. Now, you may not want to throw the gates all the way open and really invite them to get into all the nitty-gritty details, but you want to welcome them to hear that part of your story and then to say something like, um, you know, thanks for letting me share. I would hate to miss out on this opportunity because of this. Or if you have any other questions, let me know because I'd really like to be a part of your team. So weave it in when it feels comfortable and don't leave the, the interview without mentioning it 
it's a little awkward, but you know what's worse than a little awkwardness in the interview? Never hearing from them again because you never got to have that conversation. So I say try it. Do you want to touch on incarceration or, or criminal background? Because I know that is a, a real challenge. And you, you touched on mm-hmm. it when you are talking about Pam. But if you could um, just share with our listeners strategies for, for handling that. Yes. Yeah, so um, in, in the six reasons you'll get the job, if you can get a hold of one, there's, there's a whole section on this. And there's chapters on all these different tools you can use. Uh, but here are a couple of thoughts. Whether this is true for you or someone that you know who's near and dear to you, one in 10 Americans has a criminal conviction or at least an arrest. DUIs drive up some of those numbers. But lots of us have picked up misdemeanors and even felony convictions along the way. This is not somebody else's problem. And again, there's a lot of things the employer can't ask about you. Um, North American employers are allowed to ask about criminal convictions and arrests. Watch the question that they're asking. Are they saying on the interview or on the um, application, you know, have you been arrested in the last 10 years? It's different than have you ever been convicted of a felony conviction? So listen for the question that they're asking and answer that question. I talked to a woman once where we were mock interviewing and I said to her, have you, um, what did she say? I think I asked, do you have a, a conviction? And she said, uh, no, just arrested, but it was never charged. <laughs> I'm not asking. The answer to that is no, ma'am, not me. Like, don't give them information that I'm asking for, but do give them enough information that they don't keep digging. So a couple of thoughts. I would encourage you to welcome the question. This is not easy to do because really we are not so secretly hoping we never have to talk about this. <laughs> And yet the employer is likely to find out if you've been arrested, if you have gone to jail or prison, that is likely to come up when they do a background check on you, when you fill out the application. If it's going to come up in the negative, let's pull all the positive from it. We can. And so when you're asked the question, gosh, I see you have a felony conviction. Can you tell me a little more about that? Or have you ever had any contact with the criminal justice system? Welcome that question with something like, you know, I'm glad you asked. I wanted to share with you something I learned the hard way. Or if you can't say that because you are so not glad they asked, you might say, I really wish you didn't have to ask that question because I have learned some things the hard way. But that's a welcome, right? I worked with a man years ago who could not, he was so ashamed and so, he was really ashamed at what he had done and, the, and what he had brought on his family that he didn't want to talk about it. And he kept trying to wish it away. And as I'm trying to figure out, how can you welcome the question? Because if you get defensive, like the interview's over, it just, it really brings things to a screeching halt. And he was not welcoming the question. And he and I were talking and at some point, he said, I don't want to talk about, I wish I never had to talk about this because I'm so ashamed. And I said, hang on, could you say that to an employer? If they ask you a question, could you say, I wish I never had to talk about this because I am so ashamed of the decision that I made. He said, yes, I can say that. So that's your welcome. So find a welcome that works for you. That also sounds like a welcome to the employer. You know, tell them what you did, take ownership of it. Don't candy coat it. Let them know. So welcome it. Tell them what you did and take some ownership. And then let them know how you've grown, grown, changed, and learned since then. 
and then let them know where they get today. So this is really about addressing the concern. Yes, I've done this. Here's what happened, but here's what's happened since. And the reason I want to work for you is, and where I'm at today is, and I've really changed my entire network. Um, today I'm focused on raising kids who have a totally different experience, or I really want to make a difference and give back. So we're going to go get out of the negative and then go positive. I want to share one more practical thought, and that is watch your language. Tell the truth of your story with as little of the details as you can. Like, we're not going to go into big details, but watch your language. For example, I've worked with people who are in prison for Grand Theft Auto. It's not just a video game. It's an actual criminal conviction. And rather than saying, I was, I was incarcerated, I was in prison for Grand Theft Auto, they could say, I have had some contact with the criminal justice system. Right? If the employer has said anything about prison or, or conviction, they've already used those words. You could say, yes, I have learned things the hard way. I've learned things that way. You don't even have to say it if they've said it. And then you could say, um, I actually got into a car that wasn't mine, and I drove away, and I was caught. That is Grand Theft Auto. You know, I went, to a, I went into a building I had no business being in. I took things that were not mine, and I left with them and I got caught, that's burglary. Um, I've worked with people who have been incarcerated for, and I will use the words we use, taking the life of another person. Uh, I worked with a woman, I worked with a, several women actually who um, killed their partner who was abusive and ended up doing time for it. And the, the way I originally helped a woman explain it, which has worked for lots of women since then, is to say, the situation, it became a situation where I realized only one of us was going to make it out alive. I acted first, and so I'm here. I've done my time. I would handle it so differently. I, I make different choices in terms of who's in my life. I take different choices in terms of how I interact. It's not going to happen again because I've learned things the very hardest of ways. But yes, the truth is I've had that experience. So that's a way to share your story without using alarming, scary words. Because if you're going on to the glories of why we should hire you and I'm still stuck on burglary, burglary, what? I can't hear you. So you need to tell your story in a way that allows the employer to keep listening as you get to the where I'm at today part. That's a beautiful way of, of phrasing it. And th thank you for sharing. Something I learned in your workshop was for some people that are dealing with those issues, they need to go through the back door in their job search. And I want to share just a little bit about the, the back door job search, yeah. which again, for so many of my clients that also had challenges, it's the way we get the jobs. So. Yes. So the front door is a very traditional search. Go online, fill out the application, upload the resume and wait. But honestly, I've been in rooms full of 600 people where I'm doing a keynote address at a conference from all over a state. And I asked them to raise their hand. Raise your hand if you can name 10 people who filled out the online application and got the job. You know, they got the interview, they got the job. They didn't have an inside contact. They weren't a good customer. They weren't very few, like, five or six hands go up in a room of 600 people who work with thousands and thousands of people. So my first thought is don't buy the lie that 
employers hire through the front door. That front door is really crowd control. It's really how they kind of manage all the people that all of us they don't want to see so they can get down from 400 to maybe the 40 or the 14 that they do want to see. The big question of the systems is who can we get rid of? So we call, we actually call them side doors side and doors. it's, it's <laughs> all sorts of other things. Getting an introduction, going in as a customer, going to places where you are a customer and letting them know that you really respect their company culture and love the idea of being on their team. One thing we do is we change the question. I hope you will never, never again in your life ask an employer or anyone associated with an employer, are you hiring? Because that gets an almost, it's such an uninspiring, small-minded question. Can I send you a resume? Can I upload, can I send you my application? No, you want to know, here's my talent, here's my passion. Do I sound like the kind of person you want on your team? So use these side doors, go and have lunch or coffee with everybody you know who works at a cool company. Um, follow someone on LinkedIn and create a clever comment or post an article. If you look at how you've gotten jobs in the past, my guess is you use side doors. You know, you worked in one company and you met somebody from another company and you said, hey, are you really happy there? Because we've got this new contract. What if you come work for us? You've been out shopping and somebody says, do you work here? Well, do you want to? Look at how you've gotten jobs in the past. I'm guessing you didn't just submit an application and stay home and wait. Or even if you did that, when you actually got a job, it was because you had a friend who worked at a company and you went to get lunch with her and suddenly you bumped into her manager for the third time that quarter and they said, hey, you know, we've got a new project. What about this? So side doors. They're not um, easy to explain. They're not, they're not one size fits all. You got to look at the job you're going for play to your strengths, and don't be just one more job seeker. Be a curious, interested, talented person and ask the question, am I the kind of person you want on your team? Because even if they're not hiring, they'll probably say, you sound exactly like the kind of person. I actually had a woman who, who was told, you sound exactly like the kind of person that I want on my team. We're not hiring, but I kind of wish I could fire someone and hire you instead. <laughs> it's a whole different conversation. <laughs> what a compliment. So, Apologies, back door, side door, but um, the the concept is just one again that depends on that networking. And I think for folks that are facing barriers, maybe they are more hesitant to use that because they're more hesitant to share. And so, I don't know if you find that that folks that already feel like, oh, I have a barrier, so I I shouldn't yeah. network. Two thoughts. Yeah. One is you are likely to get further using side doors. The front door is designed to figure out what's wrong with us right away. Do you have a felony conviction? Have you ever been fired? Think about it. Have you ever gotten an interview before you filled out an application? Have you ever gotten an offer before you filled out an application? It happens all the time. You're more likely to get further if you use a side door. And secondly, here comes the confidence thing again. It does feel scary. It feels non-traditional, but I, I would bet money you've done it before. I once met a guy who, as we were talking about side doors, he said, I can't do that. It's too, it's too much. And so I began to ask him, so tell me about your last job and how'd you get that? And what about the job before that? What'd you do and how'd you get that? We went back four, five, six jobs and guess what? He had never, ever gotten a job through the front door, filling out an application, going home. It was always through somebody who knew or a neighbor or a place who was a customer or a known quantity. And I said, You've have you ever gotten a job? using an application alone with nobody, no inside contact? They said, not really. I said, then why wouldn't you job search that way? He said, yeah, but I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. For some reason, being intentional about using side doors felt just uncomfortable. 
get over it. Get over it. You've done it before. It's like, if you really want to land a job, use side doors. If you're just trying to pretend like you want to land a job and you don't want to, keep using the front door. You can do that all day long for months and months on end and never talk to a human. All right. So the word is think side door, have confidence. And also in terms of an employer, they would rather get to know you before they have you go through the application process and have to review all of that. So it, it's a win-win for the employer and, and the job candidate. We are going to take another very quick break and then come back and continue our conversation with Elizabeth. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back to Career Central and our guest, Elizabeth Sanders Park, who has been sharing with us her techniques and strategies for folks who 
And I love this expression, have a little bit more to explain. We've talked about um, doing the self-assessment, using this side door to um, get job leads. And now I want to lead into the five-second challenge. You know, every show we ask our guests to provide our listeners with a five-second challenge, something they can do right after the show that will help them start down um, a, a career path. So, Elizabeth. So my five second challenge goes back to Padman, our superhero who teaches us to think like the employer. Mm -hmm. P-A-D-M-A-N, Presentation, Ability, Dependability, Motivation, Attitude, Network. And I challenge you to grab a sheet of paper, blank sheet of paper, and on one side, just create four boxes and do P-A-D-M-A-N. And on one side, ask the question, what does an ideal candidate look like for the job I want? Often a want ad will tell us about the... Uh, the ability, but what does the presentation look like? What does motivation look like? What is What network should I bring to show I can do this job? And write down what the idea looks like, the ideal, and then your job is to prove that you've got enough of that that you're worth considering and worth hiring. On the flip side, same thing, P-A-G-M-A-N, and the question is, what could get me screened out, whether it's fair or nice or legal or accurate? If the employer notices this, what could get me screened out in each of these areas? And then your mission is to address each one, figure out how to explain it or learn a new skill so it goes away or access a resource so it's not a problem or change which employer you go for so they don't care. There is lots of information on all of this stuff and the six reasons you'll get the job, but just a single sheet of paper can do a lot of good. We do have a Padman plan that actually it's a worksheet to do all this work. If you want it, email me and I will literally send you just in the subject line, put Padman plan, email me or Lorraine. You can advise Lorraine how they should do that. And we'll send that off to you. Fantastic. Um, oh, I, I want to now move on to, well, let's see. I, I have one more question before we ask you all about you. Um, do you have any other strategies you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, the one other thing that I would love to mention is um, decision makers. When you use side doors, it is important that you direct your activity to decision makers. Most job seekers spend their entire job search interacting with people and systems who can say no or maybe. For example, HR. If you're going for a job in HR, they are your final decision maker. But if you want to be a warehouse worker, your decision maker is probably the director of operations or the lead house work, warehouse worker or the facilities manager. So I do want to challenge you to think about the job you're going for. What is the likely job title? And you might have a list of a couple of them. What's the likely job title of the person who will actually say yes and hire you? And it's likely the person that you will report to or the person they report to. So if you're doing all this side door creativity toward HR, you're probably just going to get screened out. You got to figure out who makes your decision and that's the connection we want to make. So thank you, Lorraine. That's an important ingredient. So fantastic advice, figure out who's going to hire you and start to network towards that, that person. We love HR. They have a great function, but it's really not hiring um, right. candidates. It's processing paperwork unless, like Elizabeth says, you're actually getting a job in HR. Okay, now I want to ask about you. And when we were on the break, Elizabeth shared that she actually has a new idea for a new book. So can you share your new ideas, what you're doing, how, yeah. just everything about you, because I know our listeners are going to want to connect. And I'll share ideas about the new book, but I want it to be a in, um, in, helpful for you. So I recently went to an event that really got me thinking about the virtual job search. And I think about this stuff all the time. 
But it just hit me that when we say in the traditional job search, things you have to be able to do in the traditional job search are interview. You know, interview well, talk on the phone well, respond to an email, write a cover letter. And the problem with that is I might be interviewing for a job that doesn't require great storytelling and awesome eye contact, but I have to get through the interview to get the job that requires none of those things. And I could lose the job, not because somebody else is better for the job, but because they interviewed better. So there's all these things that happen in the traditional search that really make or break your success that have nothing to do with the actual job. And I'm realizing now that the same is true for the virtual search. So what is your background? How good is your sound? Are there people or children running around? Or do you look into the camera? Are you looking at the person's face the whole interview? Or are you looking at the camera, even though their face is there and this is uncomfortable, now they don't feel like they're they're talking with you. So there's all these tiny things that will make or break whether you get the job in the virtual search that really have nothing to do with the job. And we need to start paying attention to those things. And we need to start mastering those things. There's something called the halo effect. And if our first interaction is positive, it's like there's a halo, there's a little glow around me. And every time we interview, whether you know it or not, you're going to assume it's going to go well. You're going to assume you're going to continue to like me. You're going to assume that I'm worth considering. And the opposite, if our first interaction does not go well, if I'm patchy in my sound or I'm two minutes late, it's a negative and you're gonna assume the next time you gotta do a little extra work because it's Elizabeth and she doesn't always have all her stuff together. And so it has this little echo effect. And I think it's so important that when you are job searching virtually that you guard those things. That is no less, your talent is not more important than your background because you will not get to talk about your talent if your background is weird or distracting. So I'm gonna write a book all about the, the little things in the virtual job search that make all the difference in the world, but you can start thinking about it right now. Don't take it lightly. Someone else who's not as good as you will get the job because they paid attention to those details. Don't let that happen. Great, great input. I think we've um, all struggled with the whole new virtual world and I can't wait to to buy the book and add it to my collection on my bookshelf of all the of your other books. So that is great. Um, why don't you just share a little bit more about how people can um, connect with you? You mentioned your email address. I don't know if you want to give it out right now. What I'll do is I'll give my website and you can connect with us right through there. And we are worknetsolutions.com. W-O-R-K-N-E-T solutions.com. And you can contact us through there. You can get the Padman plan if you contact us through there. If you have other questions that you'd like to, to learn about, there's lots of articles on our site. They tend to be written to, to career coaches, but it's all about how to do all this really well. So if you want to go and grab some articles about dealing with your fear factor or thinking more like the employer or Padman to the rescue or choosing jobs, there's all sorts of articles there. So feel free to download and make use of those as well. But WorknetSolutions.com. We're, we're unveiling a new website this week. So I don't know if you'll get the old one or the new one, but I'm pretty excited. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I encourage you, even though, you know, Elizabeth's saying it's written for, for coaches and stuff. I think if you start to read, you, you gather a lot of information and you may realize that maybe the ne next move is to um, connect with a job search coach that will help you work on all of these things. So anything else you want to share? I know workshops and on uh, that, is kind of you, what you do most mm -hmm. of the time. 
want to share a little bit about your workshops? Because we do have people listen who are career professionals. Yeah, I'm in the process of creating an online learning experience that walks through um, really stoking your motivation, choosing your career direction, proving you can do the job, overcoming and removing those distractions and barriers, and then creating a job search strategy hidden market, side door job search strategy that really honors who you are as an individual and the type of work you want to do and will cut your job search time dramatically. So keep in touch. I'll let you know and that that would be available to you if you'd like to have that experience. And the other thing I would say is, you know, job searching is a skill and you have to let the people who are making those decisions see that you would be great at the job. Their system is really designed to figure out who to get rid of until the very end. So get clear on your talent, get confident about sharing your stories and go out there and hire yourself a good employer. Your talent is needed in the market. We need you to bring that to the world. So good luck. And I'm, thank you for letting me be a little bit of a part of your journey. Oh, and well, I want to thank you for sharing so much with our, our listeners today. Invaluable information. Um, I, I do encourage them to connect. Now, the course you were just talking about, is that for the job seeker or is that for the yes, job seeker? that will be okay. for the job seeker. Mm -hmm. Okay, so people out there that are listening, you definitely want to connect and, and follow. Because having been a student of Elizabeth, and I don't even want to admit how many years, everything I learned in that workshop, I still remember and I still do, including um, during the break where I was sharing some of the stories that I really remembered and really... Um, impressed me. So uh, again, Elizabeth, thank you very much. Thank you to our listeners who are listening today. If you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, or another platform that lets you rate our show and leave comments, please let us know how we are doing. Career Central is committed to helping bring practical career advancing advice to you every single week. Your feedback will help us achieve that goal. If you would prefer to email me, either because you'd like a connection for um, Elizabeth, if for some reason you didn't, weren't able to jot down that information, or to give a suggestion on what, who you'd like us to bring on the show, the email is careercentralhost at gmail.com. So name of the show, host at gmail.com. Next week, our guest will be Bonnie Negrin, who will share insights on how our guests career barrier may be the way they perceive themselves. And she's going to be talking a lot about what Elizabeth touched on is that fear issue. So make sure that you're not sabotaging your career advancement. Join us next week for a discussion on how to identify and remove self-imposed career limitations. So remember the five second challenge, Padman, the easiest way is to connect with um, Elizabeth's website or to email me and we'll get that out to you. Again, I cannot emphasize enough how that tool has helped me help clients through, through the years. So until our next show, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit Voice 